welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Well, I count it a privilege and um, a unique thing because, you know, not everybody is called to be a preacher. There's no way that the body of Christ could move forward if we were all called to be preachers. In some senses, we are called because our life speaks to those that are around us. But everybody has a unique place in the body of Christ. Every single one of us. Tell your neighbor you're unique in the body of Christ. Everybody has a place. You could be seated this morning. And I just want to ask God to anoint us to receive what he desires to communicate to us this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we ask that you would anoint us. Anoint our minds, our ears, our hearts to receive what you have for us today. God, help me to communicate what you've placed on my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, our church is in a great and unique place. There is a lot of momentum and excitement happening in Victory Outreach Chino Mother Church. There is a new wave of God's spirit that is moving in our church. And if you don't sense it, I, I, I want to challenge you, put up your spiritual antenna, and you're going to catch what God is doing right now in our church. The days that we are living in, we need our spiritual antennas up. And, you know, uh, I just want to make mention before I get into the word that on Wednesdays, there is something so exciting taking place, church-wide discipleship on Wednesdays called Descendants Arise. It is time for us as the body of Christ to take our place more than ever, to lock arms, to get into the river, step into what God is doing. And I want to um, just challenge you that there is such a great atmosphere taking place here on Wednesday nights. It's an interactive discipleship. This past week, we had Pastor Danny Nakama that uh, spoke, uh, taught really a great message we took pauses, we digested, we interacted, we shared with one another. It's a unique setting, and it's the Victory Way, but Descendants Edition. So I want to invite you, we want to invite you to come out. We also are having it online, but there's nothing like being together with the body of Christ. Amen? And today I want to share with you about being a bridge. And I love what my husband was sharing about our children now stepping into the call of God. Because it's important that we close generational gaps. That we know that we are all part of the bridge and together we make something great. All generations make something great. And we, it's important that we look at ourselves as part of the bridge. Because if you're not in your part of the bridge, there's going to be a gap. I remember um, many years ago, we went to Northern Cal, and we had the Run for Hope. We, we were, um, I guess, commissioned to go to Northern Cal, which was great, to see what they were doing uh, for the Run for Hope. And that year, we were able to walk across the Golden Gate Bridge. That was such an exciting thing, to be suspended over water on this big structure we're walking together as a united family raising money for world missions. To me, I love bridges. I think they are amazing. 
Two of the things that amaze me is like, how can you be in an airplane above the sky, suspended? That, like, when, when I'm up there, I always pray, God, just take care of us. But I'm always amazed that that is possible, that you could be suspended above the air and traveling. Another thing that amazes me is bridges, that bridges get you to you where you need to go, suspended over water. But then you think, how are we suspended over water with all this weight? Do you ever think about that when you're driving over something? Like, I hope an earthquake doesn't happen right now. If it happened, what would I do? Where would I fall? Do you ever think of those weird things? I do. But when you think, well, I want to show you a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge. Do you have that picture, Efren? This was some time back. Isn't that amazing? Look at that. That is amazing to me, how it is suspended over water. Could you show the other picture also? The Run for Hope, if you have it. Look at Jordan. You see that Golden Gate Bridge behind us? I just had to show that. I'm sorry, Jordan. I don't know if he's in here right now. <laughs> so cute. Look at those cheeks. I'm so sorry, Jordan. I couldn't help myself. But how those bridges stay suspended is amazing. And those, we have a few engineers in our church, and they understand how important the bedrock is underneath the ocean. For that bridge to stay suspended, sustaining all of that weight, there has to be an anchor deep within the earth to sustain and hold the weight. Amen? <laughs> and isn't Jesus that in our lives? When we think of the bridge of our life, right? He is our bridge over troubled waters. How do we make it through over the, the challenges of life? It's through being anchored in God, through being anchored in God, the strength comes from what we don't, do not see, right? We are part of this. We're in this world, but we are not part of this world. And what is amazing to me about the kingdom of God, of who we are as his people, that the water is kind of like the world, but we are suspended above the world. We are not in this world. We are part of this world, but we have the ability to rise above troubled waters, isn't that awesome? And we don't do it alone. We are anchored in him. We are anchored in Christ, but we are also connected together. We are locked together as the body of Christ. We are a body. And I feel like there's certain themes that God has given me that's just in me. You know, there's certain things, those of you that are speakers, you, you know, like there's certain things that God has just placed in you and they just always come out. And the body of Christ is one of those things that kind of always comes out. And it just, I can't help it. It's just in me. God placed it in me. The importance of the body of Christ and the community that we have together. And the power that we have together. Together as we lock arms. Because when the world looks at the bridge of who we are, do they see something that's shaky? Do they see something that there is gaps over? Like, ooh, I ain't going to get on that thing. That looks unstable. That looks unsteady. Or do they look at the body of Christ and say, "Woo, where is that headed? That's headed to the promised land. I want to get on that bridge. I want to go where that is going to take me. We are that bridge. But we are not that bridge alone. Jesus is infiltrated through the infrastructure 
of that bridge to make us strong. We are anchored in him. Jesus says, I am the truth, the way, and the life. God is our beginning and he is our end. He is in the infrastructure that strengthens and holds us up. Some bridges look like they're going to take you somewhere. Have you ever went like on a walk at the beach and you feel like, oh, this is a great suspended bridge. I'm walking and then you come to the end of it and it just drops dead into the water. We don't want to be that type of bridge. And nor do you want to walk on that type of bridge. You don't want to be connected to that type of bridge. You don't want to partner with that type of bridge. Because we're going to fit somewhere on this earth. We're going to fit somewhere in an infrastructure. But what type of infrastructure do you want to be a part of? Because I want to be a part of the infrastructure that's going to bring people into heaven. That's going to take people into the promised land. That's not going to take people into a dead end. And sometimes we could be part of a bridge that is taking people to a dead end and we don't even realize it because we're just a small part of that infrastructure. And that's the way the world works. The world will try to get you to be a part of something that has no purpose, no good end. You may feel like at the moment, because when you're on the beach, the, the scenery looks beautiful, but that bridge is leading you into the depths of the sea. I don't want to be a part of that bridge. Even though the scenery is beautiful, I refuse to be a part of that bridge. Jesus is the one who rescued us and incorporated us into that bridge. He is the ultimate bridge. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He sustains us over troubled waters. And we, as the body of Christ, should want to be a bridge to God, especially in these times. And there is a lot of wooing spirits in this day and age that could take you off track so easy. Because the things that we hear, the things that we see, we can become normalized to those things. And the biblical truth is what keeps us on the right track, on the right bridge. And I don't know if we realize sometimes that we are being influenced by the ways of the world, by the thinking of the world, that we think certain things are okay, that we allow certain things to take place around us or we just shut our mouths. I saw a horrible thing on Instagram about a satanic church that opened up as a medical facility to under the guise of their um, religious beliefs, could perform abortion under their religious beliefs, and they're believing it's going to be protected under that. This is in New Mexico. This is in the United States. No other nation in the world is doing the things that America is doing right now. No other nation is allowing for things that are taking place in our nation. We are a Judeo-Christian nation. We have been established and built on biblical principles. And it's the body of Christ that is going to dig their feet into the bedrock to say, no, this is who we are as a nation. That I am not going to allow for the spirits of this world to bring back the old satanic ways of um, 
what, what do you call it, of, of the, the, what they used to do in the temple days um, in, in ancient times. In the medieval times. Also, when they would sacrifice children, when they would do certain things, it's almost like America has opened the door. I've been reading this book that is opening my eyes to what's taking place in the spiritual realm in our nation. Because God has been taken out of schools, prayer has been taken out of schools, they have this agenda that is a spiritual warfare, this agenda that they're putting in schools. I hope you're aware of what they're teaching your children because they got, you a lot, they got their kid, our kids a lot more hours than we do. Focused in their classrooms. We need to be aware as Christians. Those spiritual antennas need to come up. And yes, God is doing a new thing. And we can't get caught up in the thing that is taking place. We need to be aware of the spirit of the new thing that is taking place. Because it's a spiritual warfare that's taking place. We as Christians need to be aware that we are in a spiritual world. We don't see it. And sometimes I think Brother Tim Rabara told me, he says that in his class, he was teaching in his class on the, in the prayer summit that the witches and warlocks know more about the spiritual realm than the Christians do. They know how to advance darkness, obviously, more than the Christians do. But we have been called to advance the kingdom of God, to be that bridge over troubled waters. We have been called to be aware and to stand our ground and dig your feet into the bedrock of Jesus Christ together. That we stand in our communities and we say, no, I don't, I don't think that's right. That's not right. I, I'm not going to stand for that in my community. I'm not going to stand for that in my school. No, that's not okay for that to take place in my neighborhood. No, that's not okay for drag shows to be taking place with children present. That's not okay. But who's going to open their mouth and say that's not okay? We got to be grounded and rooted and ready to be able to take the flack that will come towards you for standing in your biblical truth. The Bible didn't say it was going to be easy to stand for Jesus. We are going to be persecuted. And do you know that the Christians are the most persecuted religion in the world right now? There is an agenda out for the Christian. There is an all-assault antichrist agenda out for the Christian. Are we going to be weak Christians? That waver when the winds come, that look like that bridge is going to fall? Or are we going to be men and women that lock our arms together and say, no, I choose to live by the word of God. I choose to live and hold on to my brothers and sisters that we will stand together in biblical truth and make an impact in my city, in my home, in my school, wherever I am. I choose to dig deep. And be a bridge to the promised land. A bridge to the promised land. God is coming back. He is coming back, but he is also with us now. And he is at work even when we don't see it deep within. Like I said, underneath the waters. He's at work within your life. He's at work within us as a church. And I want to take you to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah 2. And Nehemiah was living in a time where he saw what happened to his nation. He saw what was happening to his people. And he 
was burdened. He was hurting when he saw what was taking place. And I don't know about you, but when I hear about these things that are taking place, I feel heartbroken. I feel like, how could this be? How could this happen in our nation? How could this happen in our country? I feel overwhelmed at times. And that's what happened to Nehemiah. He saw the walls that were broken down. He saw that this is a disgrace to my people. This is a disgrace to my nation. But I want to do something about it. I want to do something about it. It's time for us to move forward as a united body into the future that God has for us. When we have communities that have gaps, there are dangers. Number one, it gives the enemy a foothold to bring division. Two, it lessens the impact that we have in our communities as disciples of Christ. It makes our bridge look scary. It also breaks down the reputation we have as the church, as the body, and it devalues all generations. And I don't know if you see this, but there is a mission for our children. Do you guys see that there is a mission, there is a strategy, there is a plan to take away the innocence of our children? But not in, this mama is not going to stand for that. Moms and dads need to rise up and say, uh-uh, not my house. Not with my babies. Not with my kids. My kids are separated. My kids have a spiritual legacy. They are called to be the light. They have been called to be the salt of the earth. I'm going to do whatever I can to pour into them. Nehemiah 2, 17, it says, then, this is what Nehemiah said, then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies like waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. They were looking at them like, oh, Israel's a joke. Israel, look at their city walls. They can't do nothing. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good to me. And also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. Tell your neighbor this is a good work. It may be hard. It may be challenging. But this is a good work. And I want to let you know that nothing easy, if it comes easy, it ain't worth it. If it's hard, in the long run, it's going to last, and it's going to be worth it. This is a good work. Nehemiah saw the condition of his nation, and he cared. He First of all, he cared about his ancestors. He cared about the re reputation of those that went before him. And I want to put like a, a, a danger zone to the third wave generation, because even though God is doing a new thing, you got to care about what happened before you. you got to care about those that have been laboring before you. The tears, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the blood, the sweat that went before you, that people built. The generation that came before me, I thank God for them because I know that many times many of them wanted to quit. But they dug their heels in and they continued to do good while, while feeling weary. They continued to sow, to 
I could walk into and say, God, change my life. Do something in me. And I was engrafted into the body of Christ. I thank God for the messages that I've heard come from this pulpit. The messages that I've heard at conferences. The messages that I heard in La Puente. For the, we were just talking about Brother Danny. All the level trainings. All the books he made us read. All the things that helped build my faith. I thank God for that. That people sacrifice their time, their energy to be able to sow into my life, into the word of God. To deposit the word of God. Aren't you grateful for leadership that don't quit? That they don't quit. Because it's easy to criticize leadership. It's easy to say, oh, this and this and that. But you don't know the price that they pay to sow into your life. You don't know the the tears that they cry, the struggles that they face to be able to sow into your life. I am grateful for my leaders. I am grateful that they didn't quit when they felt like quitting. That they continued on, that our elders continued on, no matter what they faced. And they faced many hardships. They cared enough about who they were reaching, the next generation, to continue on. God may be doing a new thing, new opportunities, new methods, but we must care about the fabric that we're a part of, what is in the past and also what will come in the future. When Nehemiah went to go see, assess the damage, he evaluated the condition, but he said, come, let us rebuild. The condition didn't detour him from wanting to build because sometimes you'll look at the destruction, you'll say, oh, this is way too hard. There's no way this is possible. And there's many times on this campus, I could say specifically, that I've wanted to do things and they say, no, that's not possible. And in my mind, I hear laughter over here. In my mind, I think, it is possible. I know it's possible. I know there's a way. There's a way we could do it. When we constructed these things, the construction guy's saying, I don't see what you see. Why are you doing that? And I don't see that that's possible. And you're taking away from the square footage. I go, not really. We're actually doubling the square footage of what we have to offer. And we're, there's ways where there's a will. There's a way. Don't be deterred by the destruction. You may look at it and think this community is too messed up. You may think, I think of what's taking place in different nations Uh, I mean, different cities in our nation around the world where crime is surging and violence is surging, the murder rates are surging, and you may think, oh, it's impossible, but it is not impossible for God. Where there is a will, there is a way. Nothing is impossible for him, no matter how bad it looks. When we first went into South Africa, the house that they had, there was, it was a violent city. It was a bad city. But Victory Outreach went in there and dug their heels in. And do you know that they were robbed in that house? There was even individuals assaulted in that house. But we said, we're not leaving. We're not going anywhere. You're not, you're not going to push us out of the city. God has called us here to the city. And we will root ourselves here until we see the glory of God start to rise in this place. And do you know now we have nine churches? Eight churches? And that place is a hub where Mothers bring their sons, their daughters for deliverance. And if they did not stay in that city, if they would allow the enemy to push them out, it would not be what it is today. Men and women of God that put their trust in Jesus and said, I'm not going nowhere. 
I'm going to build a bridge to promise. I'm going to build a bridge to hope. I am going to remain on my post. Nehemiah rallied the people to action. He cared about the reputation of his city, God's city, Jerusalem. But you know that we are God's city? We are God's city. We got to care about the reputation and lock arms with one another. I know many of us as individuals, we go through bad times, hard times. And sometimes that represents the gaps, the gaps within the bridge when someone decides, no, I'm not going to go to church no more. The enemy knocks you out. Or you decide, no, I'm not going to read my word no more. I, you know, the things I see happening in ministry, it's just too much. And you pull away. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to see the things that take place around you so that you could step away off the bridge. He wants to push you away. He wants to discourage you. He wants you to look at the things that are around you instead of keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes with people... We have problems, don't we? There is not one person in this room that doesn't have a problem. Not one. And if we become distracted and deterred by each other, instead of locking arms with one another, you're going to want to step off the gap. I mean, step, up, step off the bridge. You're going to want to say, oh, no, I'm, I'm too good for this. this. These people are messed up. Church is messed up. Look at the leaders. Look at the people. Look at this. Look at that. I, you know how I, I know that happens in every church in the world, in the world, because that is a tactic of the enemy to discourage you from uniting with your brothers and sisters in Christ. We are meant to lock arms. Nobody is better than anybody else. We are all, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. But that is the beauty of the body of Christ, that we forgive, that we love, that we lock arms, and that we become a reflection of the beauty of God's love. In Hosea, in the book of Hosea, God gives an example, and I use this a lot. You know those themes that I say come out of me because I feel like God wants to remind us of who he is to us and who we're meant to be to the world. He told Hosea, go marry a prostitute. Go marry this prostitute, and you're going to make her right. You're going to make her uh, uh, kind of like make her a woman of God. And she did good for a while, but then again, she goes straying out looking for another man. And this is the example that God uses with the body of Christ, that I come after you. I love you. I'm not going to give up on you. I will pay for you. I will redeem you. He gives that example of the body of Christ. And yes, we pursue God. We press into God. But don't lose that love that you have for him. Don't go straying away. Keep connected to the body. Keep connected to him. As the, the, Jerusalem, uh, the city of Jerusalem, as they built at their gates, they understood it was for the big picture. That it wasn't for just them alone. But they built, not working independently for self, not for recognition or for competition so that they could say, oh, look at my part of the wall. My wall is better than your wall. You guys are jacked over there. Look at the stones you used over there. You guys used like pile of this and pile of that. Look at me. I got all these strong people over here. It ain't about that. We're not in competition. We're not trying to build super people. 
We are a united body. We are locking arms together on the same playing field. We are a mighty team. We are not looking for superstars on this team. We are looking for men and women that like to work hard, that encourage one another, that uplift their brothers and sisters. The devil is a liar, and the way he works is in individually. As we lock together, he knocks on your door individually. He works on your mind individually. But how can we close those gaps? Nehemiah cared, and the relationships outside of your circle will help close gaps. We need healthy relationships in our lives. We need mentors. We need friends. We need leaders. We need people in our lives that will keep us sane. Because you could get in your own head. And if you don't tell on yourself, if you don't say, I'm thinking this, I'm thinking that, I see this, I think. If you don't tell on yourself, the enemy will start to work on your mind over time and pull you away. I think it's important to tell on yourself. I have many people that I say, hey, I'm thinking this. Is this off? Do you think... Do you see this or am I, let's pray. <laughs> God, help me to see the right thing. We need people in our lives that will help us. It's like those, um, you know, the metal rods that hold the bridge up. It adds strength. It stretches you when you have relationships in your life. No one can be an island to themselves. We need to be stretched. We need to be pulled away from ourselves. We need to be not self-centered, but people in your lives that will help you to stretch and see the big picture. Someone that we're looking out for. Are we looking out for anybody? Are you looking out for that younger generation, those young men and women that you see? Or we say, oh no, they got it all under control. Look at how talented they are. Look at, they got it all together. They don't need us. Oh, trust me, they need us. You need us. You, I know you think you don't need us. Now I sound like a mother. I know you, you, don't, you think you don't need me, but you need me. <laughs> because if they're left to themselves, this up-and-coming generation, those that are in the kids' gang right now, those that are in, in the next gen right now, the new gen, they need us. Because if they're left to themselves, they only could see so far. Right? They're little. They teach each other, right? They encourage each other. But if they don't have someone to pull them up, someone to pull them up, to help them to grow, they're going to be stunted in their growth. We see the biblical model of mentorship found in the Paul and Timothy relationship. And in 1 Timothy 1-2, it says this, To Timothy, my true son in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from the God, the Father, and Christ Jesus our Lord. How he addresses Timothy. As a son in the faith, he cared about his upbringing. We are a family. We got to look out for each other. We got to look for these young guns that are rising up. 
these young men and women of God that are on the rise, we got to surround them in prayer. We need to cover them with the blood of Jesus. We need to tell them when they're not doing something right. We need to share with them in love. Hey, I see a call of God on your life. Make sure you deposit that word that you stay strong. Make sure you're on your knees praying so that God can strengthen you. We need to have an impression on them. Are we impressing? Are we making a good impression on them? It's important that we as a church family look out for those that are on the rise. Philippians 2.22, but you know that Timothy was proved, has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. The younger serving the older, looking out for the older. And, you know, from generation to generation, I'm in that phase now where I say in my day, I don't know if you guys, I've entered into that, like where I say in my day, where when we were young, I'm like, whoa, what, where did that come from? <laughs> in my day, right? Some of you are in that phase in my day, back in my day, right? And you share your experience. That's important. But it's also important for the young people to receive it. If you want wisdom, if you want to grow, hear, hear what they're saying. Don't feel like, oh, they're old. They don't know. That's back in their day. Uh, mm. Because over time, values and principles are lost. The greatest generation, if we would have passed down those principles of loyalty and of strength and you take care of your family and if we would have held on to those principles of the greatest generation, right? They get lost because of the new thing, the new era that's rising up. But the new thing is the spirit of God. And the spirit of God comes with values, with principles, with strength. And with wisdom. On both sides of the generations, we have a bridge. And we need to lock arms, young and old, together to be able to make the greatest impact that we've ever seen. So not only do we care, but we reach. The linking of generations. And when we link uh, arms with generations, that's when we see the supernatural take place of walking on water. That is a supernatural thing for generations to close the gaps, to close the gaps. We see wedges that try to come in that that's, that's not the way we do it in this day and age. There are new methods, but there are certain things as men and women of God that remain the same. We hold on to certain principles that keep us strong, that keep us on the right course, that keep us from not being that bridge that leads to a dead end. We lock arms together from generation to generation. And reaching may require you to feel uncomfortable. It may require you to do something that you feel uncomfortable with, like maybe showing up to a V group or being a part of a ministry or stepping out and saying hello to someone who you may not know. Those things are uncomfortable. They seem so small, but they are so big because the kingdom of God is grown by little seeds that are deposited over and over and over. That young person that you see in your neighborhood that may not have a dad, that may not have a parent, a mom, so little seeds of faith that you see them. Hey, I see you. Keep going forward. So seeds of faith. There is so much carnage. 
much right now in American cities that we need to do something different. It's not going to happen in this house. It's going to happen out there. The seeds you sow out there, this is where you gather seed. I'm gathering seed. I'm gathering seed. But I'm going to go in my community and I'm going to plant seed. I'm going to plant seed. I'm going to build my part of the bridge where the gaps are. I'm going to keep sowing seed no matter what it looks like, no matter how disrespectful they are, no matter what they do. I'm going to keep planting seed. I'm going to reach and do something outside. It was the older people who I stood on, our generation, the Joshua generation. We stood on the shoulders of our ancestors, the pioneer generation that reached down to pull us up. Now we're reaching to pull you up. We are a part of the kingdom. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. And we are called to rise above, and we do it together. While you're on your part of the bridge, know that we are seated in heavenly places. We may be here on this earth, but we are seated in heavenly places. The spirit that dwells inside of you, the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you is that supernatural component that keeps us above. We're not bitter, but we are not of the world. We are not of the world. We got to rise above. And do you know the components that reflect God the greatest is his love? When we reflect his love, it's like that beautiful bridge that is reflecting light. That people look at that bridge in amazement and they say, look at the beauty of that bridge. When it's in the dark, nobody can see it. But when we're reflecting the love of God, it's like that light shining bright. How the Bible talks about that city on a hill shining. When we reflect God's love, it's the light that comes out of our lives. It's the commitment we have to one another as a family that we lock arms and we remain strong together. It's not allowing offense to take root within our hearts when someone rubs you the wrong way, when someone does what you don't like, or they, uh, someone says something that you wouldn't say it that way, or I wouldn't do it that way, who cares? Everybody has their own way of doing things. And the way that God helps us to be gracious with one another is learning to accept each other for who he's made us to be. Do we accept each other? I thank God for our ministerial team, our staff. I'm a quirky person. I'm kind of like, I have certain ways about me. And I thank God that they love and accept me for who I am. I thank God that this church has loved and accepted me for who I am. That's part of our growth process in learning how to become more like Jesus. When we learn to embrace and love one another for who God's made us to be with all the different things that he's put inside of us. Instead of criticizing that we say, hey, look at how unique that is. Look at how cool that is. That's awesome that you do it like that. But it has to be in balance. Because if someone is going the wrong way, if they're doing the wrong thing, we say, hey, 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 come back over here. That's not part of your, the character of a child of God. you got to come back over here. And we hold each other to make sure that we are in alignment with what God has for our lives. Amen? I, I believe that 
In the last day, the enemy is going to do whatever he can to knock you off your part of the wall or the bridge. He wants gaps in the body of Christ. He's going to target you. And, you know, we all go through challenges in life, the pushing and pulling of life. But don't let it make you move off the bridge. Dig your heels into the rock, the rock that's going to sustain you. Lock arms with your brothers and sisters. Don't let the enemy knock you out of the church. There's a song I like that's out right now. It says, the devil's trying to take me out of that church, but he ain't going to take the church out of me. He is working to take you out of the church because we are a mighty army in God together. Why don't we stand? I think when you've been on the wall for some time, and Pastor Chucky kind of hit on it last week, when you've been standing your ground, you know, sometimes the elements can cause deterioration. The seawater, the wind, the water, the rain, all of those things can cause deterioration. Just the normalcies of life, the things that we go through in life, they can cause deterioration. And you may feel like, man, I'm weak. I feel rusty. I feel like I have holes in my infrastructure. You may feel like that. You may feel like, I don't know if I can hold on anymore. But I want you to know that God is able to renew. He is able to refresh you. He is able in his presence to make you our new creation in Christ. He restores. He rebuilds. His eye is on you. I want you to know that his eye is on you. Not only is he in the infrastructure of our lives, but he watches over you. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. So don't feel like God doesn't know my situation. He doesn't care about my problem. There have been times that I have said, God, I don't get why this has happened the way it has. I don't understand certain things. And it has made me feel weak at times in my life. But that's where the supernatural kicks in. Where it's not you holding on, now it's God holding you. Why don't we lift our hands? Father, we just thank you, God, for your grace, your mercy, your calling. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for us as a church, as the body. And we want to be, God, everything that you've called us to be as individuals, as a local community, as a ministry. God, we want to be everything that you've called us to be. We're going to sing a song, and I know God's going to refresh you this morning. Those of you that you feel have been broken, God is going to restore you. He's going to give you clear vision. Some of you are going to be placed on the right track on the right bridge, but that may mean being cut away from the wrong. And you're gonna have to make some hard decisions in life. You're gonna have to let go of certain things. May feel uncomfortable, but in the long run, it's worth it. Why don't we sing? Over the spirit come Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. 
If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.